Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we review every week's issue of X-Men in the current Dawn of X line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by... My name is Josh, and we're here, and we're talking more X-Men. In case you didn't get enough of us just mere Last days week. ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're burning through it so we don't get like left behind in like, a stack of just... Oh my God. We're very close to that already. I mean, we did what? Yes. Four, we did four issues last episode and we're yes. about to do, I think, six now, right? Can you imagine for some reason we couldn't record for a month? Like, that's it. That was it. That would be the end of it. That'd be the, yeah. if, if we couldn't read them for a month, that would be it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm done. I'm never reading these again. <laughs> I'm never going back. <laughs> it's all right, Tim. I already have a stack of comics in, like, in the corner of my room of books I've just been avoiding reading, but I still buy them every month. Yeah. Like, yeah, I used to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. And that's when you like start taking books off your list because like I have eight Justice League Darks, like five Flashes, like two Avengers books, like just a stack. It keeps growing every month. Yeah, I mean, like, at that point, you can just wait for the trade. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so there's no real big news happening right now. Not that I've seen. I'm still not quite plugged into X Twitter. I need to get back into the X Twitter verse because I feel like I'm missing a lot of good content over there. Oh, there's but, some definitely some fun debates going on. Like, yeah. We covered last week's episode. We covered a lot of the debates about Wolverine, Cyclops, and Gene. Yeah. No, that's fun. I love that relationship. I want more of that. Which shouldn't be a debate. It is definitely what it looks like. Oh, it's, it's very contextually confirmed at this point, I would say. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Also, I wanted to gauge your interest because I just saw a trailer. I'm not on- interested. <laughs> well, nope, you're better ready because it's a trailer for New Mutants. Oh, there's and- a new one? Well, it's like a TV, TV spot trailer. Oh, okay. So I'm watching it. And I'm like, holy crap, this movie is definitely still happening. It's coming out April 3rd. Yeah, it's coming out soon. So less than a month away, we're getting the New Mutants movie. And then the uh, director just announced that it's finished. Like all the editing, all the music, everything's done, which... I hope it would be since it's coming out in less than a month. It better be done. (laughs) But the idea that uh, Josh Boone, I believe, got to do everything he wanted to do. He said there was no studio interference because they didn't want to do reshoots, apparently. (laughs) They didn't want to spend money on reshoots. His movie. I'm very interested to see what that means. Because before, there would be a lot of heavy studio interference to make it different, you know, for whatever reason. But now it's just like, they're kind of like, fuck it. We're going to reboot everything anyway. So just what you want i am still incredibly shocked that this movie is happening in the first place like because of that notion that they're just going to reboot everything like why are they putting it out like in theaters yeah in theaters like it costs money to do that why not just throw it up on hulu or some bullshit like that i don't understand what the rationale here is other than they want to see how it does and if there's anything probably salvageable from it like oh did anybody did people like yeah. Ileana? Maybe we can bring Ileana back. Maybe we can bring Rain back. Maybe we can bring Sunspot. You know, like maybe they're just... This going to be a low-key test for me. Yeah. Public eye, I guess. Maybe. That's the only it, thing I can think of. It would be bizarre if this was like the first introduction of mutants in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> like They're saying it's not. Like they're saying it's very, yes. not touching the Marvel Universe. So like... Yeah. I don't... Yeah, I just... But the thing is, money talks. If for some reason... This becomes the biggest hit of the year. Which I don't see that. No, it's not going to. No, no, no. But if it did, a studio will see that and go, well, we're not going to just act like it. Like, they already said, Marvel said, they're going to do more stuff with Deadpool. 
Deadpool is not Disney friendly. He's no. not like that. So the idea that they're still saying they're going to do stuff with him because money. Yeah. No, because I mean, the, those, the Deadpool movies make money, but more importantly, the Deadpool merchandise makes money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so. The, like, I can't imagine there has to be a real reason behind putting it out in theaters, spending, because like they're, they could just act like there's no ads. There's no posters, but I've seen posters. I've seen ads on TV regularly. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really. I haven't really. Not just in my, it. not just in my sphere, but just like yeah. TV, there's a trailer for New Mutants. And I'm like, oh, shit. they're actually putting money into marketing. Well, we'll be there. Yeah, we're Which gonna have more to like go. say they did for Birds of Prey, Warner Brothers. Right, uh, like that's kind of weird. Like, yeah. they didn't really push that movie as far as and i'm the wrong audience to tell because i don't really watch a whole lot of like tv or or like engage in that kind of media so like i i might have missed a lot of it but like i certainly i didn't see many targeted ads on like twitter or anything about birds of prey and anything like that you know like it's kind of weird but this isn't the birds of prey podcast this is no uh, but i did enjoy that movie though i hear it's really good i still haven't made my way out to see it i want to see it before it leaves theaters um but yes when it comes to the, are you excited for New Mutants? Like, I'm, are you, I'm fucking stoked, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, like I still think, I still think Ileana, like the casting still has me very intrigued. I'm, I'm very excited for Maisie as as Rain and um the lady whose name I always forget as um Ileana. I mean, those two are perfectly cast. Yes. And then the one playing Danny, I don't really know who she is, but from the extended trailer I saw, she looked pretty good too. Yeah. Still not sold on that little weirdo from stranger things being <laughs> uh, fuck it. I mean, there have been worse casting in X-Men movies. So yes, <laughs> but, um, Oh yeah. Speaking of which there was possible, it, it's just a rumor for now, but there've been rumors of talks between Marvel and Henry Cavill of him playing Wolverine. I don't like it. Do I like it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know, but that's been a big rumor the last like two weeks I've seen. Like they've been I'm, in talks. I'm not sure I like Henry Cavill. Like, I definitely do. He's very good at. Do you watch Mission Impossible Fallout? Yeah, I know. I need to watch that. Yeah, that it might be the best Mission Impossible, and he's awesome in it. It's fantastic. Mustache. Yeah. And I like I, I like him as Superman. So. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, we'll see. I you know. Man from Uncle. Yeah. That's true. That movie was surprisingly good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I didn't like the idea of Hugh Jackman as as Wolverine, but I cry every time Logan comes on. So <laughs> it was the three year anniversary of Logan, and Hugh Jackman posted a little message about how the movie affected him and how happy he is, how the how successful the movie became and represented and everything. So yeah, this week was the three year anniversary for that. That's crazy. It's only been three years. It haunts me every day still. Yes, oh, <laughs> that movie can still make me cry. One hundred percent. When he's burying Xavier and saying, I know it's not the ocean. Oh, God. I'm just curious thinking out. about it. Oh. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, yeah. let's get to the comics. All right, here we go. With Marauders 8 and 9. Nope. This is, I think it's 7 and 8. No. No, 8, eight and nine. 9. Wow. God, we're just Doubt me again, well. son of a bitch. Always doubting. <laughs> just filled with doubt. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so Take us through this. Yes. So in this issue, this is basically everyone finding out about Kitty's death. We have uh, Emma Frost talking psychically to an undercover bishop, and he looks up, he's under the ocean, and he looks up and sees Kitty's body floating. And Emma just collapses. Oh, the emotion in these opening scenes, because like he, she can feel, since she's 
telepathically linked to him she can feel his emotions too so like it's her emotions plus she's feeling his emotions like oh yeah and then they have to break the news to Iceman, which Who? I did thinking if Emma's son allegedly knows about all this Christian. So that's her brother. Her brother, sorry. Yeah. Um, he knows about all this because he's part of this ploy. So he's really just playing them. Right? Like, and then here's the point where I'm like, okay, well, maybe he only knew a piece of it. Maybe he didn't realize what's Sebastian's his name was going to kill. Yeah, maybe he was just like, oh, he just needed me to distract them from the, you know, like because it wouldn't surprise me if if Sebastian didn't tell every single person all of his plan, you know? True, yeah, that's true. So they tell Iceman, and we'll see the repercussions of that pretty soon. Um, and then we have Bishop bringing her body wrapped up in a bag. And, oh, yeah, right next we see Iceman going to the soldiers, this, like, anti-mutant boat, and he fucks him up. Like he fucks him up good, man. Angry Iceman is a scary motherfucker who you then remember is an Omega level mutant. Mm-hmm. Who Emma Frost? So going back in the history, um, way back in the '90s, right before um, the oh shit, what's it called? The Techno Organic series when the techno the tech Technarchy virus happened. I forget what that series was called. Oh, I don't but, remember. Yeah, right before that happened, um, Emma Frost took over bobby drake's body like if she like was in a coma and her consciousness went into his mm-hmm. and that's with her mind and her telepathy is when people started discovering wait Iceman's more powerful than we thought like she was able to do things with his powers that he never knew he could do yeah. and it was and it's like kind of the basis for when i think when they eventually made Iceman come out as gay they kind of had that be like it was like that on tapping of his whole potential you know but, yeah, I have a theory. I have a whole thing about that. We'll get into one day. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So like seeing this now while he's working with Emma, I thought was really cool because she's the one who basically helped him tap into all of this these crazy shit he's able to do now with his ice power. Uh, quick, quick side tangent before anyone assumes anything about what I'm thinking. Yes, uh, please do. Please correct yeah. that. <laughs> I just think Bendez like stunts, and I think it's a lazy stunt for the character. Like, if you write it well, it works. And I think his solo series has been good. But when Bendez just brought it up, the way he did it with Gene reading young Bobby's mind. Yeah, that's, well, that's also very messed up because it took the, yeah. the, the power away from him. It took, it took that yeah. away from him doing it on his own terms and, and himself. I definitely agree with you. I remember when that happened. I was like, that is not the way to handle this. Yeah, like, I don't call him being gay. At no, all. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah. I, I think I love this version of Bobby Drake. I, I'm much happier with, with this Iceman than I've been with other ice, like incarnations of him. Yeah, but, but the way they did it was felt like a stunt just for the sake of surprising the reader. Yeah, it definitely had that, but also like contextually too. It was not, it, it took the authority away from him. And, and yeah. that's, not, that's not right at all. Yeah. So in this moment, actually, is another great uh, shot we have of Bobby breaking the metal wall with his ice powers, and it's, it's just like a, a silhouette almost of his eyes glowing because like he's pissed, and a guy trying to breathe because the room is so cold right now. Yeah, like, that shit's terrifying. And then they remind him about the no killing law, so he just breaks one of this guy's arms completely off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he basically uh, gives everybody like permanent frostbite. You know, like. Oh yeah, he explains to him about frostbite. King mm-hmm. Bishop tell you to calm down. Bishop yeah. is a killer. He's killed many people. <laughs> yeah, 
when Bishop is the voice of reason in a in a and when it comes to violence, then you're uh you're off the deep end for sure. And I, I love this little bit where he's like, "Kill no man is the mutant law, but eye for an eye is man's law." Mm-hmm. And yeah, then uh, frostbite never quite heals. <laughs> like yeah. you're cold, you will carry this pain. Like he's fucking snap because he killed one of his best friends. Exactly. No, well, they, 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 they dated for a while. I don't remember that, but maybe. I feel like they did. Or maybe it was during a time when they were dating movies, so they kind of imitated that in the comics. But oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about for a little bit. I forgot about the dumb movie romance they had. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was Rogue. He was he was flirting with in the movies. Uh, oh yeah. Oh right. no, no, that's right. No, because then that's right. Then he did like then Rogue got jealous in one of the movies because he was flirting. in the third one. Yeah, yeah in Last yeah, Stand. Yeah. Fuck that movie. Okay. Yeah, that's a bad third movie. Um. And then we have them, I guess, being teleported, right? They, um, yeah, it looks like it, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah they're teleported. They're teleported yeah. Like gateway, maybe? I don't, I don't know who <laughs> teleported them. <laughs> and then we cut to another sad scene oh. of an form walking towards Emma. This scene destroyed me, man. Yeah. Her smacking Emma like, this is your fault, but Emma completely understanding, and then they just cry and hug each other. I know. It's insane. You guys don't remember, they don't know if this is going to work bringing Kitty back, which we'll get to in the next issue. Like, they have no idea if she's just dead. No, yeah, they don't. They have no idea because her inability to go through a gate with nothing else working. We'll see in this next issue very soon that it might not. And also the idea of, because I kept thinking, this is a group of people who have now thinks almost we're invincible. We're not going to die. So maybe even taking for granted a little bit, and now all they of a sudden, they did. But it, people, it, they they personally do. But one of the one of the things we learned a couple issues ago is that this was a fear of many of theirs. This is the reason Iceman was sticking around. This is the reason Storm was sticking around because many of them felt sure I'm fine. We don't know for sure that Kate won't can be brought back. So like this has been a fear of theirs from the fucking beginning. Yeah, like the back of their mind kind of thing. Yeah. Then it went to Sebastian and his son basically gloating, like, hey, we did pretty good. Yes. Recruiting new members who, like, for the, I guess, Black Bishop, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we have an, I want to say, Asian family, or is it for? Oh, it's a Manipur. Madripoor, yeah. Madripoor. Finding Lockheed. And he's alive. And, oh, uh, we did, we did skip over. So the people he's he, he's bringing in, he's bringing in the von Struck twins. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. So um, he's bringing in literal Nazis now. To, yeah, uh, because von Strucker was one of the leading members of Hydra. For those who yes. don't, and his kids, I don't remember what they actually do. Their power, yeah, their powers are kind of you know. They did uh in the in the show uh what was it called? Gifted. Gifted. It was like shield powers. And like invisibility, I think I don't. He had he had in the show, and I can't remember. I I think it's pretty accurate to their powers in the books, but basically, like yeah, the ability to like put up force fields, and also the he had the ability to like um like telekinesis. Yeah, and I think when they combine their powers, they have like basically alternate reality. Yeah, they can alter reality, and they can also save the rainforest. Yeah. All right. And then the issue ends with this kind of family. Neither neither one of them have the power of heart, though. If we're making this Captain America, oh yeah, they're they're uh, they're not Captain Planet. probably not. Yeah. 
Oh, and then we also have the return of the Sinister Secrets. Yes. A lot of vague things. Uh, yes, but in, until it gets to the bottom when you're like, oh, is he talking about the, the Von Struckers? And then finally, like, yeah, I'm talking about the, the fucking, I'm yeah. talking about Federus. I'm talking, that's the worst. I hate them. Like, Gross. You can't spell Von Strucker without suck. <laughs> I just also, love the, I, I wish these were like, sinister, instead of Sinister Secrets, I wish these were Sinister Tweets. Like, this was just like his Twitter account. Well, out. it says all the best news and gossip. So, like, I feel like if you're in his area... He's just posting this somewhere. He's just putting it up on like the outside of the bar. Or whatever. <laughs> and then next up, we have issue nine of Marauders. Yeah, so it, it you cut out a little bit on my end, so just in case it cut out in the recording. So the book ends, like you said, with Lockheed being found by a Madripoor family, and they think he's dead, but he uh, burps some fire, and they're like, yeah, he's alive. Yeah, because, you know, when you find a little baby dragon, you just want to take care of it. 100%. Yeah. Uh, then we cut this issue. I was very confused in the beginning because we have Pyro going. Wait, can we? How many X's did you give? Oh, Marauders uh, eight. Four. I say four X's. That's exactly what I gave it to. Yeah. All right. So now we're off to issue number nine. Yes. Where we see Pyro going back to Kokoa, and then everyone's having a major party. Everyone's happy to see him. We have Gene laying. Marvel girls real happy. Marvel to see girl. Him. <laughs> laying on top of a car, gives him a big kiss, and he drives away in the car singing. like it's his Singing good. Leonard Skinnerd. <laughs> and then it cuts to like a play because Emma is making this appear in Pyro's brain. Yes. Have Bishop in a new costume. Yeah, he, he, de- he took on the role of the, the Red Bishop, and he's wearing, I think, I think this is subtly, once he found Kate's body, I think this was like his psychologically he's like all right i'm the red bishop and he started wearing red he looks like he'd be the black version of macho man randy savage like he looks like a pro wrestler in this costume oh he definitely looks like a pro wrestler in this costume <laughs> uh so we de- we then cut to them going back to pyro and we see that they're they know yellow jacket is inside pyro so they're making yellow jacket see that they are putting inside his brain I was a little confused. Yeah, it took me a minute to get, like, and I think that's the point. Like, it was like a swerve, you know, which is sometimes hard to do. But here's the thing. If they're making Pyro see something in his brain, you're not going to see that in your eyes. In reality. Yes, I I, I get that, yeah. So I was a little confused by that. Like, I get less confused by the second part of this, but. Yeah. When. Yellow Jacket realizes he's seeing fake. I think you're also forgetting just how powerful uh, Emma Frost is, though. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, when Yellow Jacket realizes they know he's in there, he just enlarges and rips Pyro open. Where I'm like, what the fuck? Wait a minute. It's I know. Okay. <laughs> he, did just, he did explode Pyro, but it's okay. And then Yellow Jacket pops out of the top and then shoots Emma in the face. And she dies. She dies. And then he jets away, shrinks again, and goes in the ocean. And looks like he like kind of goes in the gills of a fish. Maybe, yeah. Most, Maybe. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, wow, this, uh, this book just took a hell of a turn. Right? <laughs> uh, Bishop shooting in the water. 
Yellow Jacket chanting and cheering that he got away. And then it cuts to lots of ads. And we see that that never happened. No, that stuff happened. Uh, Because she was working. Yeah, they're making Pyro still see all this and Yellow Jacket. Yes, and they were. So I think what happened here, the reason Yellow Jacket was seeing what they wanted him to see is because while Emma was messing with Pyro, the cuckoos had reached Yellow Jacket. So they were working in tandem. A double inception? Yeah. So there was an inception inside of an inception. So, yeah. So I think they were telepathically telepathically messing with with Yellow Jacket as well. Hmm. And then Magneto just pulls the sub. (laughs) (laughs) Pyro. Poor Pyro. Yeah, Yeah. poor Pyro. Uh, Actually, you know what I thought of when I thought he died and got exploded? Will he come back with a tattoo on his face? I know. I bet you he would want to. (laughs) That's in his will. Yeah, 100%. So they pull him out. Do we know why one of the cuckoos is wearing black and the others are wearing white? I don't believe we had anything at all with them. Like, Because it's been a while since we've seen the cuckoos. We've seen them, but yeah, we have, we have no idea why one's wearing black. If you know, listener, dear listener, if you know, and we're forgetting why one of the cuckoos is wearing black, please let us know. So oh, wait, did she put? Did she make one of the cuckoos? Because they're the white ones. They're the no. Because what's his name is the black. Okay, no. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, eventually, Emma decides to send a message to the young Hellfire Club. Oh, and what a message she sends. Yeah, I really like this a lot. So basically, while the kids are gloating about their master plan working, she and Pyro go inside their mind and basically say, you need to cut this shit out or I will burn you all alive. And then Pyro does like a wave of fire around them. And it says, like, I can read their mind. They're terrified. No, like she makes them feel that they are being burned alive. Like as far as their physical reaction, they felt like they were truly on fire. Yeah. And then they leave and then they're not dead. And she tells them, I think this is what this is a perfect Emma line. This is the only volley I'll shoot across your bow or bow. Like, yeah. damn, this is dude. your only warning. <laughs> like, if that if that's your warning shot, holy shit, <laughs> I will burn you alive mentally. That's and here's your- here's what it feels like. What I'll do to you in person if you fuck with me again. Uh, burn you, tiny hate goblins. Says yeah. <laughs> Poor Pyro. And also. The art in this issue is very good because we have another great silhouette shot of Pyro in the shadows. So you oh, still his face and like the tattoo and this yeah. glowing. Oh, it's so good. Mister. And even M, like this whole, that whole little court, that, that whole bottom part of the page you have when Emma comes into the screen, like that's a very scary look. She looks like a witch coming into it. And then she brings in Pyro, who's got like a very demonic look going to him. He's, his eyes are just all white. He's got that face tattoo that's just highlighted black. It's very, very scary. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, before we get to the last part of the issue, I want to cover a little bit of the text part of this issue, where we go to the desk of X, this mystery person reporting on Krakoan activity, uh, saying how he has been reinstated, even though his mother's using the drugs, uh, and how they know that some of these Krakoan drugs are poisoned. Who's they? Because I don't. I don't remember. I, I spent a, a. We don't know. Okay, so he's just says they. Okay. 
Yeah, who this company is, if it's the... Oh, so they, he, like, he meant whoever he's working for. Okay. Yeah. So those are the main points of that, really. Yeah. Uh, and then the last part of this book, we find out they've been trying to bring back Kitty. Wait. And- I, I forgot about this part. Donald Pierce is the... Oh, yes. Madriporian um, United Nations ambassador. That's... Uh, yeah. That's never good. No, he's not a good person. <laughs> But does that mean he, we know he's working with We Sebastian. know, yeah, we know. Well, did we ever see, because I know we saw him working, we saw Donald Pierce working with the little, the little kid Hellfire Club. I don't know. If, did yes. We, did we see him with Sebastian? I also don't remember now. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. now. Because they've worked together before. They really yeah. yeah. So the last part of this issue reveals that they've been trying to bring back Kitty and the husks aren't uh, viable. Yeah. To do. It's not working. Yeah, it's pretty fucking. Um, the the all the five look really dejected and sad that they're unable to do this. Uh, Emma's pissed. Charles is being Charles. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, this actually breaks some of me and you our theories because we thought possibly Emma was the one stopping her coming. To- oh shit! You're right. Yeah. So now. Something else is wrong with Kitty. Something's wrong with Kitty. Where she so this goes to my second theory then, which is Charles himself, because he doesn't want Kate around, snooping around Krakoa, where they're also hiding. Um, what's her face? Uh, um, Moira. Because how do you prevent Kate from just walking through walls and finding Moira? You know, like maybe it's Charles guess- himself, like. But you have teleporters who can do that too. That's true. Yeah, he, Nightcrawler could just do it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a deeper reason or something up that Kitty can't. If this is, her. If, if this is their way of saying that Kate Pride is not a mutant, I'm going to be pissed. I, I don't think it can't be because there's other things that have happened even in this particular series that mean she's a mutant. Except for her ability to get to Krakoa. Yeah, but like the anti-mutant weapons work on her and she loses her powers. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Like there's so many things that say it only applies to mutants that work on her. That's it's true. Krakoa stuff. And technically, the, the, the uh, what's it called? The reincarnation thing has nothing to do with Krakoa, really. It's yeah, fun. that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is some bullshit from her time with the guardians of the galaxy. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I read a little bit of that. It was okay. Uh, I don't care for it. That's not her place. Her place. <laughs> no, was X-Men. she was dating star Lord and that was actually kind of sweet. Don't like it. <laughs> her, her place is with Ileana. <laughs> and yeah. And the last thing we see in this issue is uh, Lockheed waking up next to the woman that rescued him, leaving, getting half a fish, leaving it in the bed. And then, putting the covers around the woman and then leaving. So do we, so I've read, I read the last couple panels a few times. Is Emma narrating or is Lockheed narrating? Okay. Yes. I think Lockheed is narrating. That's what I think. So, okay. Because and, the, w- the way they're talking, I mean, it really sounds like he's flying. Like it's talking about flying. The wind ha- has, hasn't been on his back for a little bit. Yeah. And, but then he said, would I? No, it's not because she, 
I feel the call for my darker designs. Would I be the white queen without them? Never mind. I must have missed that line. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I get, it really felt like Lockheed, the way he was talking about, but I mean, I'm glad it is Emma. Cause I like that ending line of, I need you back, Kate. Cause I really do like Emma being a motherly figure with Kate. Well, one of the things I love most about this whole series right now, where all the mutants live on Island, they're all very mutant proud the ones that are a little more evil than the rest haven't lost those character traits. No. And, and this is that monologue. Now that we know, especially it's coming from Emma, that monologue does talk about like, this is making me want to backslide and go do things the way I used to do things. And we'll even get to it in the next issue of new mutants where someone who's a bad person still has mutant pride, like overt mutant pride. Like, it's almost like I can fuck with them, but I'm a mutant. 100%, yeah. You do it, you're fucking dead. So I, I do, I am interested in those kind of views of that. How but many X's for this one? Another four X's, I think. That's what I gave it to. We're it's all, it's all an issue. Yeah. Marauders is definitely the most consistently good, coherent book. So next time we record in person, I think we should re-rank them again. But I will say that I 100% agree that Marauders at this point is my favorite issue and it's not as close as it used to be mm, interesting um quick question if x-men was more connected to each issue would that would be my favorite one yeah all right yeah all right x-men, so x-men might now currently be my second favorite like i think new mutants is dropping a little bit for me it it's hard because new mutants is really good especially when it's the original new mutants Mm-hmm. I think this one that we're about to cover right now is probably my least favorite of them. Uh, it's, still very, it's still good. It's yeah, still, it's still good. Well, let's get right into it then. All right. New Mutants number seven. seven. Let's do it. Now, if anyone's confused, this is the New Mutants that involves the original cast that was in space with the Shi'ar. Not the story of the people in Nebraska and all the death and all those. No, but we'll get to that next. We will, yes. <laughs> uh, so, what I loved about this issue is I was confused for a second. I thought I missed an issue. Yeah. It, it opens up with a recap of what happened after the last issue. Because last issue, the ship they were on blew up and half of the team was in space and we had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. She opens up like a recap saying uh, magic saved everyone that was in space. They fought the leader of those, uh, the Death Bird, whatever his name was. Oh, Death Bird's the other one. I don't remember mm-hmm. this evil group, but the evil Shi'ar group assassin sent to kill Deathbird and everyone around her. Um, yes. Sunspot explaining how he's a hero and saved her. Uh, she kissed him twice, punched him once. <laughs> In the reality, though, it was two punches, one kiss. <laughs> yeah, so great. So absolutely fantastic. Um, and then we have this amazing panel where I'm like, is this too far? This is, honestly, it was a little too far for me. And this is one of the I reasons was. where I was like, uh, okay, I'm done a little bit right now. So yeah, Sunspot is talking about the recap. And then uh, Danny says, you spoiled everything's going to happen in this story. And he literally says something like, well, I thought this was issue seven. And she says, no, that's the other New Mutant story. We're on issue eight. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it's funny and it was cute, but like, yeah. It really took me out of the rest of the story, you know? And but there's a line where he says, are you telling me there's a new mutant story I'm not part of? What the fuck? Yeah, I do like that part. <laughs> I'm going to have to take it. I'm doing a new thing now when we talk 
I'm screenshotting the parts that we that we really highlight so I can use them. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a bit weird and I don't even want to say out of character, but like it's, it's, it's not. It's not because they've been doing this with him recapping with him really telling it really being clear that he's telling the readers a story. Yeah. So not really that far out of place. It just like was one step too far, I think for it me. Was, it was one far, one step too far at Deadpool. Yes. And I'm not, we still haven't know, seen any of this, but cause he's, he's not welcome. On Krakow. I just want a line. I just want to see a line of him trying to get in. They kick him right out. Yeah, <laughs> nope. Yeah, I want him to be Omega red is here. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't want to deal with it. We just no, no, Wade. It's a little too much with you here. Yeah, we'll take two apocalypses before we take one Deadpool. <laughs> like, look, we have we have uh, what's a Gwenpool or whatever her yeah. name was. Like, we have her. We don't need you. <laughs> so then we cut back to the Shi'ar Empire, where the new queen is waiting for the Deathbird to come, who's her aunt, and she's supposed to get counsel from her. And we have the team of the new mutants interrogating one of the members of the evil group who is a ball of gas in a yeah. tube. They're not a tube, a globe, I guess. Yeah. He's like, is in this, like what looks like a crystal ball basically. Yeah. And, and I guess you, everyone knows rain is my, my uh, werewolf daughter. So I guess I'll talk about um, rain here. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Licking the ball. Cause she's a wolf. She's ha- but she's like acting way out of character in this issue like she's like playful beyond like anything i've ever seen of rain before like yeah. it's fun but also like now i'm like I'm, i've spent months worried that kate's having a mental breakdown now i'm worried rain's having a mental <laughs> breakdown <laughs> so but yeah I, did, uh, <laughs> I, I do like the part where she's like i'm a wolf and he says oh i'm a lethal ball of gas she's like, oh boring by and she runs away like what just runs away yeah just naturally runs away all right uh then we have the rest of the team kind of threaten how they can change his molecules and force him to do things and come out of the ball and he yells no yeah and eventually they get back to the uh shiar main room and they attack it and they tell everyone like listen oracle sent a bunch of people to kill us so let's fucking kill her that's the law that's how we do things but the um oh sorry when she throws your oracle yeah gladiator catches it chucks it back at Deathbird, and then sunspot catches it and breaks it in half <laughs> and he says that was my favorite spear yeah it was he broke Deathbird's spear <laughs> yeah yeah knew right after i snapped it in half i <laughs> i got the math wrong on that one <laughs> So consistently, he thinks he's doing the right thing, but then goes, ah, fuck. And consistently making mistakes. Yeah. Uh, They get into a big battle, the Shi'ar Super Guard versus the New Mutants and Deathbird. Oh, this Uh, is right up your alley, too. I forgot about this part. Yeah, big splash page of fight, and then who's fighting who? (laughs) And you can roll and figure it out yourself. And now that you're playing D&D, this is right up your alley. Oh, God. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eventually, Eventually, Xandra stops it. Yep, says so stop it because she is a queen. She's going to be the queen of the whole planet. And basically says like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Her punishment is to work with you and give me advice. That's her true punishment. Yep. Basically. Uh, I remember there was a line where they kind of said, um, what's her name again? Uh, one. The one with the mask on his face, the flaming chamber. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chamber and Mondo, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Still feel the same way they felt before. Obviously, man. Yeah, like nothing changed. They still feel out of place a little bit. So they're having a big celebration now that everyone's cool, basically. 
they made a new gate inside uh, Cannonball's house. So you see like Xavier, or no, you see Magneto, Wolverine, Beast, all partying there. So I can, they can go back and forth to space now, to Shi'ar Empire. Yep. Which was referenced in the X-Men comic, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So during all this, Sunspot says, all right, we're going back. And Cannonball says, no, I'm actually going to keep living here. Yeah, like, I, I have a all of a, a sudden fam- leave. <laughs> yeah, I have a family here, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sunspot is not happy about this at all. He is not. The only reason he did any of this was to take him, <laughs> and how much he loved him and himself. I don't know if it's this page. It was a line about how many people he's loved in his life or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, might have been, might have been later. Yeah. Uh, so then we also see. Cyclops talking to um, the Gladiator about making a gate, which we talked about. And we have more playful Wolfbane licking yeah, so, gas again. Yeah, this is the different one. So she meets, so Rain gets introduced to Xandra, who can, who's the new queen, who can also like just change her appearance. She can become anything. And so she's like, oh, what do you do? Xandra asks Rain what she does. Rain says, I turn into a wolf. What about you? And she's like, I can turn into a ball of light. And she's, oh, cool. And she licks another ball of light and says, I got to go home now. Bye. Yeah. And then she was, and then Xandra looks very confused and says, I'm not sure she meant that it was cool. What do you think, Oracle? And Oracle says, I'm sure she meant it, Princess. Deathbird? Oh, no. She absolutely did not mean it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and a picture of Rain looking back, like just the look on her gigging. face is just like, <laughs> like she's being like, a wacko. <laughs> Just a real wacko right person. now. I love it. So uh, yeah, so now we get to the to the real uh, the real fun part here. Yeah, it's the sunspot explaining or cannonball explaining. My wife said you can't live here with us. Yep. <laughs> okay, I bought the whole apartment. Yeah, he bought the building. He bought the building. Yeah, he bought yep. the whole building, and uh, I think this is about like raising the rent on them. <laughs> And it's just, he basically says, like, well, I guess me and you can just have adventures in space now. And he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, we can. Like, let's get in some trouble in space. You know what this was missing, this whole conversation? Just one panel of Cannonball's wife. Yeah, like, in the background, like, what the fuck is happening out there? Yeah. Just like, <laughs> or, like, like, her asking Danny or something, like, that's not good, is it? And, and Danny being like, no, that is no. not good. <laughs> And he says he's still in love with Deathbird. Yeah. Which will not end well in any sense. No. But I do like the last panel of him him and Sam rocking out saying, we are going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> this is one of the few times I immediately went, give me another book. Give me another X-Men book of just Sam. <laughs> yeah, Sam and, Sam and Bobby having space adventures would be a fun book for sure. Space adventures, a pissed off wife and a baby. <laughs> like, it'll be great. Just give me that book. Because now I'm wondering, are we still going to go back and forth between new mutant teams? I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea what happens from here. Um, so, despite, I, despite its rocky beginning, I did, according to the app, I did end up giving it four stars, though. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I like this. I think four stars is fair. Yeah, I think it definitely ended a lot better than it started. And this is the end of the first New Mutants arc. Which means, what's his name is done now? Hickman. I yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's going to continue doing more I, stories. 
Though. Last I heard, he was done after the first arc. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's changed, but. Because when the trade comes out, it should read like this. It should read like all the New Mutants issues of this story. It would be weird yeah. to have uh, two random issues or three random issues of a different story. Yeah, they're, I feel like, yeah, they, they're going to. That hampered it. Yeah. All right. So speaking of going back and forth between characters, now we're at yeah. New Mutants number eight, which is by Ed Brisson, who will be writing, I believe, going forward. And the art is by Marco Falia, Falia, Falia. Yeah, that's the Falia. Falia, Falia. Maybe um, I think I'm putting too many vowels in there. I think it's Falia. <laughs> it's and small this on is my back, iPad. This is back to the team of like Armor and uh, Boom Boom and those two pale kids. Yep. Uh, so and we Magma know, comes in. Yes, and Magma, big part of this. Now maybe you'll know more about the stuff that I do when we get to it. But we open up with uh, Sebastian Shaw kind of pushing away the two kids, like he has his own business to attend to. And then it cuts to a young mutant in Brazil running away from something, and we see it's running away from this big creature that we don't know where it comes from. We've seen those creatures real briefly before when they've talked about the fact that Brazil's not letting mutants through the portals, that they Mm. said they had these these dog-like creatures blocking them. So we've seen them, but this is our first time actually getting, like I believe our first time, getting to see them in action. Okay. So we have the kid running away and then a bunch of arrows kill one of the monsters. We have no idea what it is. So I don't know anything about this random. Welcome to Nova Roma, my friend. So Nova Roma was the birthplace of magma in one of the early new mutants issues back when Claremont was still writing every single X-Men book that ever came out. Um, Mm. It's where it's basically a hidden, um, land inside of brazil this is back when there was more um brazilian rainforest so it was easier to hide things it's probably really hard to hide now which was the only when as soon as i saw nova roma again i'm like yeah there's like a quarter (laughs) like the rainforest is like half of what it was in the 80s when this was this is terrible (laughs) but anyway um so i forget how they discovered it but they were oh yeah bobby Bobby was on an ex- exposition with his mother and father in Brazil, because that's where Bobby's from. Mm-hmm. And he was with the team, and they came across these Romans out of nowhere in Brazil. And it basically, Nova Roma is like a, a little city that was made way back in the ancient Roman times that just has existed in solitude for centuries on its own, somehow. <laughs> like... And, it's fucking wild. <laughs> and magma, it, that's this is where you know the character Celine. That yes, that's where she comes from. She was basically sacrificing young Nova Roman women to like give herself self immortality. Yeah, and magma was scheduled to be next, and that's when her like mutant powers came about, and that's when she joined up with the New Mutants. And that was during the New Mutants run. That was in the that was like maybe New Mutants like number ten or 11, like very early on in the New Mutants. Run. Huh. All right, cool. So we have Magma, Boom Boom, and Armor going to Nova Roma. Everyone's happy to see her. And they inform her that this young mutant's there. And I did like Armor's response of like, oh yeah, you found this young mutant, you helped him, and then you put him in a cage? Yep. And they even said like, well, we don't know who the fuck he is. We mm-hmm. say him, they're bound. So it is kind of like, well, who's right in that situation? Yeah, so, no. I mean, isolated. 
I, I mean, is, is he's isolated. He could be a he could be a threat. They're not torturing him, so that's cool. Yeah. It, it's a it's an interesting. It's you know, like who, there's who's no wrong. there's no right or wrong in this one. Yeah. Well, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in this situation. Basically, so little boy tells him these monsters have been killing his friends, and they think they killed one of them, or they killed one of them, so there should be two more left. Yes. So Magma says, "Let's go in the forest and see what we can do." Boom Boom is not happy about any of this. Boom Boom's not happy about shit these days, man. Well, at least we get into why, which I appreciate. It wasn't yes. just the bitch to be a bitch or something. Yeah. You know? Well, so, I mean, she's also not dressed for the rainforest, and she makes that yeah. very clear. <laughs> uh, getting mosquito bites and blisters on blisters, as she says. Mm-hmm. As native Floridians, we know very well <laughs> that mosquitoes suck. <laughs> well, I do like that Magma's like, you guys need this. You need a basic win because, yes, everything got fucked up in Nebraska. So can we talk about that? I thought that was something so everyone except Beak and his wife know what happened. So the entire Krakoan society is now keeping that yeah. from Beak and, and what's Angel? Yeah, that's not going to blow up in anyone's face. That's not going to go bad at all. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like what Armour said right away. They're going to find out because they always find out. Yeah. No shit, especially if Newspaper. everyone knows. <laughs> if Magma knows, then everyone knows. Like, why would yeah. you tell Magma? It, like, it's not like anyone. It's not like Boom Boom has a long history of Magma, as far as I know. Like, I, what the fuck? Yeah. So eventually, they are attacked by the two monsters. They fight them off. They realize their art, like their skin is hard, but they can like kill them from the inside, basically, and rip them apart. There is a cool shot of armor just ripping one in half. That was pretty. Yeah, cool. that was pretty cool. Throwing I, the chunks of them away. There is, and I, I, I'm not seeing it right now, but isn't there is a scene in here too where like Boom Boom is very straight up that she's mad at, she's mad at Beast and Wolverine for using the X Force name and not like telling her like she's like that's my team. They yeah, started a new X Force and they that's my team. Like she was one of the original X Force members. Yeah, which is interesting. That's a that's a good point to bring up. You know, mm-hmm. um, Boom Boom throws one of her bombs inside the mouth of one of the creatures and it explodes. And they kind of took it like, oh, it was kind of fucked up when Armor found a hand of one of the kids. Yeah, that was that was dark as shit. Yeah, that's uh, all right. So now we get to actually my favorite part of this whole book. We have Sebastian. Of course, it's your favorite part. <laughs> I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. I was like, well, Sebastian Shell did all right with this one. He really did. I mean, it was it's not great. Still, I mean, he still has a cartel running a country, but you know. yeah, lesser evil, maybe. So, <laughs> an evil he's in control of now. Yeah, for better or worse. <laughs> for worse. <laughs> yeah, the cartel that attacked Nebraska before and threatened to fuck up the mutants because they fucked them up and all the shit. We have Sebastian Shaw meeting with them, explains them, yes, we are going to give drugs to your country. And they said, great, but not to you. What we're going to do is we're going to give it to your competitor. And they're going to make you lose all your money and then you're going to have nothing because to you, worse than death is being poor and having nothing. Yeah, man, that was a baller move, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so good. And then I try to find the line where he's like, basically says like, don't fuck with mutants. Or something he said, like that. He, so it, at the end of it, yeah, he says, let this be a lesson, you ign- insignificant weasel. Mutants are not to be fucked with. <laughs> like, that's so good. Like, I wanted to clap reading that shit. <laughs> that's my man. That's my, my man. <laughs> and that's what I mean by, like, he's an asshole doing bad things and even hurting other mutants, but it's his right to do it in his eyes. Exactly, yeah. he's Like, it was very much a, 
if anyone's going to fuck over the mutants, it's going to be me. <laughs> yeah. Not some random cartel in some random country. Like, fuck off. And just because what you did, because of what you did, guess what? Everyone's, oh yeah, there was that line before where he's like, we both lost good people. And he's like, no, you didn't lose any good people. No, you did not lose good people. <laughs> like, when Sebastian Shaw, who just murdered someone like a, like a month ago, is judging you. Yes. When he murdered <laughs> Kitty Pride and he's telling you, you did something wrong. You did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. So we cut back to uh, Magma, Boom Boom, and uh, Karma, or sorry, uh, Armor. Yes. Picked up all the kids in Brazil and taking them to Kokoa directly. And we cut back to the dead monster and we see a woman asking what happened to her children. And then it cuts to a wide shot of more monsters. Yes. I don't know who it is. Do you know who I she don't is? don't either. No, I have no idea. No. All and right, fans, if you want to send us a message about who this woman is, if we're supposed to know, if we're supposed to know who she is. Maybe we're not yet. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it is, is not somebody I recognize artistically just right off the bat. Yeah. She definitely has like um, an elfin vibe to her. It looks like she has like elf ears a little bit too. So I don't know. I don't know who hmm. this is. All right. Uh, I'm interested. See that Boom Boom has a little diary going yes. on. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the issue of New Mutants 8. Uh, X's. I'd say three X's. Three, three X's of the whole thing with Sebastian. If, he, if that yeah. part was in there, it might be like two and a half. Yeah, I went with three as well. All right. I was, I was glad to see Magma back, but I felt like overall it was just, it was just okay. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have, I'd say, the lower issues of the week or two weeks. I agree with you. <laughs> X Force number eight. I, as someone who's read a lot of different iterations of X Force, from like Rick Remander, from the original, um, the one where they start wearing all black the first time, like the mm-hmm. Elite Force. I can't remember who wrote it back then. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, it was always a, a book about the group. And I've realized in this particular run, it's becoming more about the individual. Each each issue has very much, and uh, the last two have very much been domino heavy, but yeah, um, each issue is about a character. We had the Beast issue. We had the Wolverine issue. We had the Kid yeah. Omega issue. We had a Sage issue. And now we have two back-to-back domino issues, which don't get me wrong. I love domino. I love Jean Grey. I love all of them. It's just, I, it's something about this book isn't doing it for me. So far, the best issue was that one where they, um, the one after the gate was exploded. Yeah, that was a good one. Because yeah. that issue was a team. Exactly. Everyone had parts in the book. Everyone had little missions. Everyone got it done. Wolverine bursted through a guy's back with half his body missing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one, was, <laughs> that one was very much like it was insanity, which is yeah. what you want in an X-Force book. <laughs> yeah, I want crazy violence and insanity in my X-Force books. And, I, you know, I wasn't excited last issue because the reveal is it's another domino. That felt lame. This went a different direction that I did kind of like because it opens up with fake domino peeling her skin off. A little bit. Yeah. Like she's like, I think she, so what she's doing, she's pull, she's in the hotel room with somebody she's about to assassinate. Yeah. And this person obviously thinks they're, they're about to have a good time in the hotel room, but she's there. To Pulling the that. stitching out of her yeah, ear. So she basically uses a wire. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh, God. Yeah. I will I like say that shot. like as much as, as much as I haven't been moved plot wise, Art wise, this this book moves me in like really grotesque ways. I'm like this, yeah. And, and I mean that as a compliment. Like it's it's really well done. 
so we have Domino and fake Domino having a fight, and which led me very surprised because eventually real Domino wins and shoots fake one in the head. Right through her, right through her eye. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. I guess we did that, right? <laughs> yep, and, so that's done. Issue over. Yeah, so next panel we have um, Sage testing her body and realizing that like this, this group of, of Xeno that's been like making kind of fake soldiers is using her DNA to try and get the luck out of it. Yes. And it's been working. Yes. A part of me has been like, is that how it works? <laughs> like, I guess. I mean, that is her luck is power her work? power. I mean, but it I, is, but does it come like, does it excrete from her skin? Is that how like you just put, if I put her, like a, if I had a blood transfusion from Domino, would I be real lucky after that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So they're doing tests on her and Domino. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. She talks about how her, her luck is actually coming back. Yeah, she found a four-leaf clover. Yeah, and this is, this is the very moment where the, like the rest of the issue is just downhill for me until the yes. last, until the very last, like couple panels. Because we had a similar interaction between Colossus and Domino before, so a part of me is like, is Colossus just trying to make his move? You know, shoot a shot he, and see what happens. He, go for it. It looks like he's about to win. I mean, it looks like yeah. he's about to get what he wants. I shouldn't say win. That's awful. He's about to get what he wants. <laughs> I did not mean it like that. But but here's the thing, though. Like, he pops up like, oh, look. He oh, I just, again. I just happen to be in the same lake <laughs> as you at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm Listen, stalking. we've all done that. Guys of all the... <laughs> Oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. I, I guess we're here together. We should probably just hang out in this ocean together. In this <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one's a little more specific than I think all guys. <laughs> but you know, we've all followed a woman in a lake at night. Come on, guys. Okay, Who's with me? So, uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I didn't do it. So, um, they also reference again this thing that happened to Colossus that we. Yeah, I'm real tired of this. Like we have no idea what the fuck happened. Like, we missed an issue apparently. Yeah, this is we have new mutant syndrome here. Yeah. So <laughs> uh it cuts back to more dialogue between Domino and Sage. And I want to say this is one of the worst parts of the book for me because this is very much like Yeah, hand wavy. Like, oh, look at all this magic shit we're doing. Like she basically discovers where exactly where everybody is based on a four-leaf clover, <laughs> and and she put it over a map somehow and like triangulated everything. And okay, here yeah, we go. that's like, lame. Like, oh, for God's sake, Sage. Sometimes Sage is one of the worst fucking characters. <laughs> um. So she sends Colossus and Domino, which a part of me was like, no, send the X Force. This is an X Force book. Send. So yeah, is Col- is Colossus on X Force now? <laughs> yeah. Now I will say I liked I really liked the art in this part of the book. I thought it was yes. really cool because it like the way it worked with Colossus jumping inside the train, they're in a pool of blood. Yeah, which that was cool. Domino is supposed to be Domino's blood. I like, think so, or or like or like yeah, I don't know what they're doing here. Because then they go to another room and there's more clones being made based mm-hmm. off skin, and then a whole room of fake clone dominoes yes so but then <laughs> this is my favorite part of the whole book i think yeah it's me too like a weird um what's that Frank, movie called again 
Which the, one? The, the, uh, Snowpiercer. Yeah, I was going to say, this reminded me of Snowpiercer. And did you see yeah. that Korean zombie movie? Uh, oh, Train to Busan? Yeah, it, may, yeah. it reminded me of that one, too. Yeah, so we it, the it's basically four panels of Colossus just bum-rushing his way through the train, crushing everyone and everything in his path, and then jumping in front of the train and catching it so all the bad guys get smushed. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty dope. But in all of that, Domino dies. <laughs> and she and so based on their conversation, so her dying words are, when I come back, I want to keep it all, all the pain. I want to remember everything. Do you promise me that, Peter? I don't, I won't die. <laughs> I won't die on you unless you promise. And he promises, and then she dies. Now, here's the thing. Keep all it. Does she mean she wants to have her face half? No, she meant, I think she means like, I don't let the them, memories. don't let them reboot me before this. Like, I want, I want to remember everything that happened today. I want to remember everything up until this moment. Okay. So then we cut to the bad guy group um, talking about, well, someone in the group says how they're losing money on all this. Like, this isn't working, obviously. So the leader, the peacock feather guy, sends one of his flunkies to go make the guy shut up, and he makes that guy float in the air and pushes him and cracks his neck with his powers. Yeah, he, like, his whole body, like, his arms get all twisted and everything. So... I don't know who this person's supposed to be, man. He can't be a mutant, because that wouldn't make sense in this group. They test people. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know what kind of power this person has and how he was able to infiltrate this group. He clearly wants to be a part of the group. He's about to take over the group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know why he has powers. If he is a self-hating mutant, if he got in somehow and they didn't test his blood, like I, yeah. I don't know. So that is X Force issue eight, and it's okay. Not the worst thing in the world or anything. Just it's okay. I gave it two X's. I'd say two and a half. All right, fair enough. Yeah. And that brings us to and our final book. Yes, Excalibur. I oh, did yeah. not read. No, so for those listening at home, which is everybody because nobody's in the room with us right now. Um, or. Or are they? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. So Nick is no longer reading Excalibur. So guess what, y'all? You have to deal with me giving you. I tapped out. Are you there? Yes, no, I tapped oh, out. Oh, I hear you. I also had like there you go. Click. There you go. I had a clicking noise too going on. So I was like, oh, wait, did he actually like fall out? Okay. So <laughs> I will be doing the recap for Excalibur number eight. So sorry. <laughs> And I get to react with all and of you. You get to react. So we're switching what we're best at. <laughs> I'm not good at the recaps. So here we go. This is, again, by Teeny Howard and art by Marcus Toe and Wilton Santos. So when last we left our heroes, Excalibur <laughs> was on a werewolf hunt with Colin Bloodstone in some fancy English estate. And so this opens up with the werewolves dining on a rabbit in the field. And the ground starts to shake because they're being chased by Richter and Rogue and the rest of the Excalibur team. And as they get close to the werewolves, Colin Bloodstone cuts them off and he's fighting them as his demonic parasitic form. Again, I don't know much about this character. Yeah. Sorry. And basically in the middle of a fight, he calls a truce. He says, all right, wait, wait, wait. We must, we got off on a wrong foot. We got to do this again. So let's sit down for a fancy English dinner or breakfast or whatever the fuck they do. So they all sit at a table <laughs> and he basically leads off by saying, um, I'm sorry that this got out of hand. This is supposed to be a sporting event and I'm not happy that you guys started using your powers. It makes me real uncomfortable. 
So how about from now on, you don't use your powers and I won't use my power. And, and Jubilee's like, well, your, your power is basically just, you have a parasite that lives in you. We're mutants. Our powers are who we <laughs> are. Like asking us not to use our powers is asking us not to be us. And Betsy is trying her best to be as British as fucking possible. And she's like, well, well, let's hear both sides. And let's like, she's being real fucking posh. It's, she's really annoying me in this issue. <laughs> so, um, so they, he's, he gets mad that he feels like nobody's on his side and just doing it. So he leaves and he's like, I'll see you later in the morning. And it cuts to a data page of someone from the Coven Akaba writing to MI13, I believe, or some, someone from the greater Commonwealth of England, basically saying that we have a mutant problem. Our own, our own country, our mutants of our own countrymen are infiltrating the highest offices. And I think they're obviously referring to Captain Britain. So it, we, after that it's nighttime, everyone is going to bed, but Richter, who is now really just feeling it with the earth and those druids are really in his head now. He's like, he's like, I can't sleep. He goes and sneaks into Jubilee's room to tell her he can't sleep for some reason. I don't know if they were sharing a room or something, but he's like, Jubes, I can't sleep. She's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm going to cool. go watch. This is the funniest. Like Jubes, Jubes, huh? What? I can't sleep. I'm going to go walk around in the dirt so I can sleep. Okay. She's like, well, okay. He's like, okay, bye. And he jumps out the window. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with Richter? So on his on his walkabout, he ends up hearing Colin Bloodstone on the phone with his um with somebody talking about his sister's plan to basically get MI13 involved that he doesn't really trust the mutants. And then he sees Richter spying on him and he starts telling Richter that, oh, you know, my last boyfriend was a mutant too, you know. We may we may have powers, but the thing that connects you and I are, is our homosexuality. We should be in, in, with each other. And he basically like starts kissing Richter, and Richter's like, uh, "I gotta go, man." And he runs <laughs> away, and he runs to Betsy, who is in a nightgown. He's like, "Betsy, what are you wearing?" He's like, "Oh, she's like, oh, I made myself comfortable." And like, God, she's so fucking British in this issue. <laughs> but again, he's telling her like, "Okay, I just this is what I just heard him saying. Like, he's out to get us." And she's like, "Well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what's happening. We really need to get the heads of these war wolves and get him back to apocalypse." And so he starts to leave, and she's like, "Well, I guess you're right. Maybe we should just let's just go get the heads now." So they wake up the rest of the team, and they go out to try to finish off the rest of the the war wolves. In the last issue, um, Rogue took the power from one of the war wolves, so she now is able to, since she has more control of her powers, she's now able to basically turn into one. Okay. So she infiltrates the group. And as they're doing this, Colin Bloodstone is pouring himself a nightcap when he feels the ground rumbling and he realizes Richter's up to some shit. So he gets real pissed off, says, fucking mutants, and he <laughs> runs outside in his demonic, weird group form. Um, so yeah, he basically ambushes them as they're, as they got all the heads of the war wolves. He has, he has one. So they have four. He has the other one. They fight him off. They incapacitate him. Rogue obviously knocks him out and they take the one head he has. And as they're about to leave, Gambit says, I think we've got a problem. That problem is there's now a baby war wolf. And so they find a puppy and Psylocke's like, we're not killing this puppy. We're going to give it to somebody. So she meets back up with Apocalypse 
and he's like um the magic spell called for the destruction of the species you didn't do that and she's like yeah but he's the last one left so the species gonna die when he dies it's still there he's like "Ah, fine he basically caves after a while she's like you can't do anything this puppy belongs to somebody else now you have no domain over it Hmm. like fucking fine well fine he's like fine i'll find a workaround around it and so he goes and he finds a workaround and the issue ends with rachel rachel summers as the new owner of the werewolf for those who don't know rachel was a hound she if she was a hound yeah that's a good point too actually but she was a original member of the original excalibur team oh yeah who who first encountered these creatures so that's why she's like, you know, I figured no one really knows them better than you. So why don't you have them? And so they talk a lot about what a great time it is to be on Krakoa. We're surrounded by powerful women. We're all doing great things now. And so at the, it ends with saying, with Betsy telling, you know what you need, Rachel Summers? You need a proper job. You need something to do. And then it ends with saying, follow Rachel to her new job in the pages of X Factor number one on sale next month. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was a really funny way to end because that's kind of how like a lot of a lot of comics in the 80s and 90s used to end like oh hey look here's a teaser for a thing we want to show you next month <laughs> so we get to see rachel again that's twice now we've seen rachel in some form we've seen her as a as a dream dog and now she has her own little wolf hound and yeah so a little tease of what to expect with x factor i guess and so i'm actually interested what happens next issue because this felt like kind of a sidebar story yeah it definitely felt like okay so apocalypse is up to something he needs the he needs the heads of these creatures for some reason to do his magic spell yeah as that this little adventure is over so clearly we're about to go into a new storyline and i'm assuming it's going to be something that leads into the ten of swords right because i mean yeah can't have a sword-based story without excalibur so Hmm. um, so yeah, I definitely think this was the closing of an arc and we'll probably pick back up and and be the I believe this will probably be the book that leads into the swords book. I I guess only guessing that because it's got magic and swords already, so why not? Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I um, it was fine. I was very happy to see Rachel back. Um I obviously love anything with Gambit and Rogue. Betsy, I was not a big fan of Betsy's attitude. I do like that she finally like believed somebody. It was like, all right, fine. Let's let's go get the rest of these wolves and get out of here now. Like, let's let's stop playing nice. You're right. Let's go do this. Yeah. But overall, I thought she was being a little too posh throughout it. But yeah, Rachel's back. Rogan Gambit. I gave it three stars. Three stars. Okay, no problem. So we can definitely agree, Marauders is still the best. Yeah, no doubt. Marauders is yeah. the best title they got going on. And if X Men, I truly believe, if X Men connected to itself more often it would be probably right up there, if not better than Marauders, just because it's yeah. dealing with like the main characters too. And so, you know, like, because they're great issues, but then you're like, where's that going? Yeah. But then you feel like, cool, I'll find out, I guess in three months, what the hell's going on now, you know, or apparently in giant size <laughs> or yeah. Or I'll get another hint in giant size about the children of the vault or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Um, definitely liked, I, I definitely liked this one better than the previous one. I think issue seven was really bad in my opinion. But this yeah. one was a little bit more fun, which is okay. what you want in an Excalibur book. You want silliness. Yeah. So. Well, for those of you who are getting ready this week to buy more comics, this week we have Cable number one. Yeah, I'm excited about that. New Mutants number nine, which is written by Hickman. 
Oh, it is. Okay. I was wrong. So I we're going was... back and forth again. Mm. Yeah. And then we have X-Men number eight. Yeah. I don't know what the plots of any of these are, so I'm excited. Yeah, nor do I. So that's going to be interesting. Because I, I, I am in that group of like, so why is Cable getting a number one? Like, I what? am very much in that group too. Um, yeah. This one is written by, what's his name, right? The guy who's doing Marauders. I believe so, yeah. I mean, so... I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty stoked for that because Marauders has been really good and I would like I like the idea of having Kid Cable be a little bit more humorous which uh Jerry Duggan does a very good job of. Yeah, he's the one writing it. Okay. So yeah. the humor element will be there. So I'm I'm excited to see that. I mean, I I'm definitely I'm definitely intrigued by a Cable series. And it looks like on some interpreting it wrong, the Brood are back in issue 8 of X-Men. That's right. That is the cover art, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the brood. So we'll see where that's going to go. Oh, shit. Maybe this will be a tie-in with New Mutants then. Since New Mutants are still in space. Because remember, oh, remember the New Mutants stole the brood egg. The New Mutants stole the brood egg in the very first New Mutants issue. Yes, because it looks like it looks like Wolfbane and Danny on the cover with Cyclops and magic, I think. Okay, cool. So we got a we got our first little crossover of X Men and New Mutants. That'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. All right, guys. So just a quick little bit. Uh, we've been looking at the stats <clears throat> for the show, and we're very happy what we're seeing. We're really happy, guys. Support us lately, and are telling your friends obviously about the show and subscribing, and you know just keep keep doing it. Keep liking. Keep subscribing. Keep telling your friends about us. And um, I'll be more active on X Twitter going forward. So, you know, hang out, talk to us, shoot us messages. We're around. To our uh, Canadian listeners, apparently. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Thanks, Canada. Yeah. I want to go there one day. There's a lot of Haitians in Canada for some reason. Yeah, so Haitian, yeah Haitians in Canada, man. Why not? Canada's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it seems awesome. All right. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We are definitely going to talk about some different content, maybe ranking some movies or ranking some storylines from the past, some special episodes, you know? Yeah, so, we definitely, yeah, definitely got to get some special content going. Yeah. So uh, thank you. And until next time. Oh, actually, do you want to promote yourself real quick? Our Twitters or what am yeah. I doing? Twitters. Okay. You can find yeah. me on Twitter at xbrarian. It's librarian with an X. And you can find me at madman3005. All right. And with that, we'll see you next time.